Welcome to the Benzo Free Podcast, your home for an honest, straightforward, and personal discussion about anti-anxiety drugs, their effects, and how to deal with dependence and withdrawal. Whether you have taken benzodiazepines, Z drugs, or any other tranquilizers, know someone who has, or you just want help dealing with chronic anxiety and insomnia, this is your podcast. I'm your host, D.E. Foster, author of the book, Benzo Free, The World of Anti-Anxiety Drugs and the Reality of Withdrawal. I'm so glad you joined us today. Please stick around and let me bend your ear for a few minutes. It just might feel a little better on the other side. This is D, and welcome to episode 61 of the Benzo Free Podcast. Kind of crazy, isn't it? I'm not even sure what I'm about to say here. <laughs> it's weird. You know, I wanted to let you know that I worked on writing the script to this podcast this week a dozen different times over the last several days, and it just never worked. I just didn't know how to approach this, what angle to take, what to talk about, what not talk about, how to lift spirits, but how to yet still be serious enough, how to just how to deal with everything and, and talk with you. So finally I decided to wing it. I decided to throw the script out the window and I'm just going to talk with you today, one-on-one. I think sometimes that's what we do best. Heart to heart, person to person. Let's just chat and see how we're doing. So today it's going to be a little disjointed. I'm going to record this in probably different sections, not standard sections that we have the podcast. There's no structure for today. No mailbag, no benzo story, no nothing. Just just thoughts. It's kind of like what we've done for the road shows a couple times for those of you who have been with us for a while. You know, those Benzo mornings that we recorded from different locations. In fact, the audio quality of this might be shaky and, and differ now and then because some I'm going to record on the studio mic like I am now. And, and I think I'll record some other sections just on my remote recorder as I'm wandering around and doing different things. And then tomorrow on Tuesday, you know, I'm going to take it all, edit it together and see if we have a podcast and then send it out to you. That's what we're going to do this week. Something different. Not the first time I've done something different, not by a long shot, but something different because times like these call for different things. So where should we start today? Maybe with the elephant in the room, <laughs> you think? COVID-19 or coronavirus or what's the term? Novel coronavirus? I don't know. As many of you know, I am not a news junkie anymore. In fact, I would be the opposite. I've stopped listening and watching news almost entirely. Most of the updates I get from my wife or periodically from my, my one news feed on my phone, which is the National Football League here in the U.S., and a few other places, because you can't avoid news entirely. But I have to admit, over the last few weeks, with 
the COVID outbreak, I've been paying a little more attention. I think it's important for all of us to remember with news that a little news is good. A lot of news can be harmful, especially the sensational headlines that we see all the time. It's so hard to turn it off, to turn off the anxiety, to turn off those ruminating thoughts, to turn off that obsession we have with the news, looking for the latest information, desperately hoping it's finally good news, but then constantly being disappointed because that's rarely the case. So I've had to monitor myself a little bit and just limit my news intake. And maybe that's a good thing for all of us right now. You know, I think a perfect metaphor for all this is social distancing. As the WHO and other medical groups around the world are recommending, is for us to distance ourselves temporarily during this time so that we don't pass on this virus to others. Maybe that same type of technique could be of benefit when we're dealing with the news also. Maybe news distancing or media distancing. It doesn't mean we don't pay attention. It doesn't mean we don't still socialize. It doesn't mean we don't still tune into the news on occasion. But we don't want to get too close. You get too close and the fear and the anxiety and the stress start to overtake us. So please take care of yourselves. Take care of your family. And know when enough is enough. Get the information you need. But then move on and take care of your spirit just as much as you're taking care of your body. You know, Sunday morning, my wife and I were out for one of our many walks around the neighborhood we've been taking lately, and it was, it was ever so peaceful and quiet. We, we, we both noticed a strange calm throughout the neighborhood. It was really surreal. It, it looked like nobody was home at any of the houses, and yet we knew most families were. That morning it was overcast here in Colorado with a very light mist, almost snow, in the air. And we were both trying to remember what this sensation reminded us of. And then Shanna thought of it, and she told me, Christmas morning. And that was it. That was exactly what it felt like. You know, when everyone is still at home that morning and staying close to their families and opening presents and having a big breakfast, and there's few, if any, cars on the road. And for those of us in Colorado, there's also that hint of snow in the air. And then a few minutes after she said that, and we were both just soaking in the ambiance, we passed a house, and right next to us, just six feet away, was a pine tree, all lit up in Christmas lights. And at that moment, the sensation of everything's going to be okay washed over me. I don't know if it was a spiritual moment or just a moment that, hey, life is going to move on after this. We just got to hunker down for a little bit and get through the rough spots. Boy, for those of us who've gone through benzo withdrawal, we kind of know how that is, don't we? 
In fact, I dare say for those of us who have gotten through it and have moved on past the acute, and even for those of us who are still in the protracted somewhat but are doing better, I think we can kind of look at this and say, (laughs) I've been through worse. Sometimes that perspective helps us get through days like these. I don't know. Maybe it's from the Christmas tree. Maybe it's from the morning walk. Maybe it's just from an outlook I've developed after my years of dealing with benzodependence and withdrawal. But whatever it is, I'm grateful that I have it now. You know, one of the things that's a benefit but also a curse right now, of course, is our digital media. We get information so fast. And we get critical information that we desperately need. But we don't know who to trust. We get so much misinformation and so much hype. And that makes it difficult for us to know what our attitude should be in the middle of all this. Should I be more worried than I am? Should I be less worried than I am? And I am guilty of this daily. I've been changing my attitude towards this by the hour, let alone by the day. And that just adds to our stress. We don't know where to be. The other day I was outside walking the dog, as we do every day, a couple times. Then Shanna and I came back home. We ordered some food online and drove to a nearby restaurant for curbside takeout. We knew how much our local restaurants would be suffering through all this, and we wanted to try to do our part to help keep them going. And that evening wound up being a good evening. I felt good at the end of the night. And I think that's a good thing. Fear can paralyze us. Fear can cause hysteria. Fear causes hoarding at the grocery stores. Fear causes people to do horrible things. We can't let the fear overtake us during these times. There are healthier ways of dealing with crises like this. As I mentioned before, get the information you need, do the things you need to to take care of yourself and your family, but then try to find a sense of calm, calm amongst the storm. This will pass. We don't know if it'll be in a few weeks, few months, or longer, but it will pass, and there will be life on the other side, and we will have learned some lessons, and we will recover. We are pretty good at that. But in the meantime, we should make the best of what we have and make the best of this situation. Every day, the governments around this world are taking action to get us in a better position to handle this. Every day, if we do our part, washing our hands, keeping distance from others, notifying health authorities if we have symptoms, We can manage this and we can get through this okay. Oh, one of the things my wife mentioned that I think she read online was an interesting little quote. And it was somebody that said, stock up on compassion. And I liked that a lot. I know we have to focus on ourselves part of this time to make sure that we and our families are safe, but... It's really important to think of others, too, during this time, because some people don't have the benefits that we have. I I tell you, one reminder that I got more than anything 
is how grateful I am right now. You know, and that's hard to see sometimes when things like this happen, like this virus and other stuff. But it reminds me how grateful, I mean, my wife, we have it good. You know, one of the things, and this is kind of funny, but we were looking at stuff about people being more quarantined, although we're not quarantined, but, you know, asked to stay home more often and keep away from people and stuff like that. And so we were doing that, I think it was Thursday or Friday, I think it was Thursday. And, you know, we were kind of staying in and I got, we woke up and was talking to Shanna over breakfast and, and telling her, I said, you know, for most people, this is a really bizarre, surreal change. And for us, it's a Thursday. <laughs> and I'm not trying to make light of this, but it, I got to make light of some things along the way. But my point is, is this is our life. You know, my wife and I both work from home. We occasionally go to the store and go out to eat and see friends now and then, but 95% of our lives is spent here in this house with the two of us. And now that we're being asked to stay home more often and stay that way and may even be, you know, locked down here at some point, who knows? It's not that big of a change for us. And I realize that's not the case with so many people. And how blessed we are that we're used to this. This is something we've gotten adjusted to and, and used to. But for so many people, this is really hard, especially if you have little ones at home, kids. I mean, they want to play and you want to set up play dates, but now you have to worry, well, should they be in contact with other kids or shouldn't they? Or where were their parents or where did they, where were they been last? And it's so difficult to try to figure that out. And then you have to think, okay, am I having contact with somebody who is elderly or somebody who is in poor health or with a deficient immune system? Because that contact that your kids made may come back to you and may go back then to those people who can't fight off this virus like the rest of us. And for many of you, you are some of those people who have some health conditions or are in your 70s or 80s or 90s. And that makes this all much more complicated. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm focusing on the things I have and how lucky I am. My wife and I, we're okay. We stocked up on a few things, did not hoard, didn't overdo it, just got a couple things we might need. So we're good for two, three weeks if we have to stay here. We have a house, we have heat, we have electricity, we have water. You know, so many things are being maintained out there by so many other people. And it's so important to remember at times like this to be grateful. And I know I've talked about gratitude before, and I know sometimes it falls on deaf ears because in benzo withdrawal and when you're dealing with a, a pandemic virus outbreak, it's really hard to be grateful. But then again, that's why this reminder, I think, is so important. And to be grateful to those who are doing the work elsewhere. For those who are getting out there still and doing the work. For, for myself and Shanna, we always worked at home. No serious change here. For many people who work in offices, they are now working remotely and getting by through technology, which is so helpful at this time. But many others are still out there working and need to keep working, so we still have the things that keep us going. So part of the gratitude, I think, is to be grateful to those who are doing the work so that we can be safe during this time. Of course, the first ones that come to mind are the medical staff. Medical professionals of all type, 
This is a hard time for them, and they are putting themselves at risk to help take care of us. I thank you. To first responders, paramedics, fire, police, all those people who are still out there keeping us safe and providing those services that we need when something goes wrong. And to our military across the world, many of whom who have been called up to help out during this difficult time and taken away from their families to help us overall as a community. Thank you. And those are the ones that usually come to mind, but there are so many others, and I kind of want to mention a few other people that maybe we don't think about so often, but maybe we should. My sister, who is back in Kansas City, who's probably listening to this at some point, hates this, works at a grocery store and has for many, many years. And she's worked there in produce and doing several different jobs, and now she is a stalker. She stocks the shelves. How important is that? I don't know many people in this country or across the world who haven't been to a store lately with empty shelves. And so to her and all the people working in the grocery stores and all the other essential stores around the world and who keep doing this so that we have the things we need, thank you. And to the supply chain, I mean, that's one thing we forget about, to the truck drivers, to the manufacturers, the warehouse workers that keep those stores stocked. Thank you. We count on having those goods to get us through this time. And managing that supply chain is such an important job. And what about keeping all those services that come into our house working? Today here was trash day. Thank you for picking up our trash. We count on our water, our sewer, our electric, our gas, our internet, our television. All these things that we count on every day so that we can keep living a comfortable existence in our homes. And everyone else out there who still needs to go to a job to continue to provide the services and goods and all those things that we count on to keep us going day by day. I, for one, am grateful and I want to say thank you. <laughs> That's what this is all about. And to Bear, in case you can hear him bark in the background. I don't know if you hear him or not. And to Bear for barking because he was just fed dinner and sometimes after dinner he starts barking. So I want to thank Bear for keeping me company. But this little section is just going to be called Gratitude and it's a reminder that we should remember to be grateful for what we do have. Life is going to bring us surprises. That's what life does. It brings us surprises and change all the time. There's all different types, and this virus, this outbreak, is just one of them. How we manage it, how we look at it, how we get through it, is what really defines us. I know this is hard, and I know when you have benzo withdrawal and increased anxiety on top of a virus outbreak, this makes stress very hard to manage. But there are tools, there are things we can do to help put things in perspective and help realize that this is temporary, this will pass, and we will move on once it is over. It is, oh, almost 7 o'clock. Oh, I should probably go out and get some dinner with Shan here. Let me just say a few things and I will go do that. And then I'll maybe chat with you again before bed and... Hopefully, we'll put enough pieces together to make this episode work. But one thing I did want to mention before I do that was 
Oh crap, something that I was just about, damn it, man, I picked up the recorder, started it recording, had to record 10 seconds for noise reduction, because that's how I do noise reduction, and by the time that ended and I started talking to you, I forgot what the hell I was picking up the recorder from and what I was going to talk about. For those of you who listened to my road shows before, you know, I do this quite often, and especially when I don't have a script, and that's one of the reasons why I have a script, because mid-sentence, let alone mid-paragraph, I can easily forget where I was going or what I was talking about or what I even just said 30 seconds ago. I know part of it's benzo brain. Yes, I still have some of it. Part of it's just being 54 years old. Part of it's all kinds of things, stress and all kinds of stuff. I don't know, but it's there and, um, and I'm dealing with. And as I'm rambling on to you right now and and talking about a whole bunch of stuff that makes absolutely no sense. I am still trying to find my way back <laughs> to that thought that I had that I wanted to talk to you about in the first place. <laughs> oh, I don't know what it was, but it was something. And I was going to say it, but I'm back here talking to you now. And I don't know what it is. And I may just have to cut this part and move on. Okay, D, what were you thinking of? Come on, you can do this. Um... Go back in that mushy brain of yours and grab that thing. What was it? It was about anxiety. Okay, that was it. Because that's what we're talking about. I mean, partly. It was, was it about the virus? No. It was about, we did gratitude. We talked about that. It was, oh, what was it? It was something I was going to say. C- can you all just pretend it was incredibly profound and um, <laughs> and write to me afterwards and say, wow, I can't believe what you said about that thing. <laughs> you know, And then I'll just feel better, like I really said this very profound thing <laughs> or whatever. Oh, we got to laugh, people. And you know what? That's not what I was going to talk about, but that's where I'm going to go right now. So screw it all. I'm changing direction. I have the right to do that. There's no script in front of me, and I can go anywhere I damn well please. <laughs> Laughter. Let's just talk about that for a few seconds and then I'll go get some food. But man, we have got to laugh during these times. We have got to laugh. I, my greatest gift that I got from my dad was a sense of humor. My dad is a laugher. He was a joyous laughing man. I say was, he still is. I don't mean to say that as was, but He's lost some of that and he's more introspective and he's more quiet now, but he still, still laughs when we talk. And I love that. And I think that is so important for all of us right now is that laughter. You know, when my wife and I turn something on, we usually choose comedies. We're not too big on the dramas or even some of the actions. We we turn on old sitcoms and other comedies, anything that's going to get us to laugh and, and forget about the stressors of the day for a while. And when is that more needed than right now? Especially if you're dealing with benzo withdrawal and handling the COVID virus, that's a lot to handle. That's a lot to handle. We have got to lighten ourselves up a bit to survive this. This is how we get through. You can't just sit there And focus on the bad things that are happening all the time. It will kill you in the end. Watch some comedy movies. Turn on some good, uplifting music that lightens your mood. Makes you feel better. 
Spend time with family, friends, anybody. Find somebody if you're alone right now. Find somebody to hang out with and and converse. Even it has to be from six feet apart. Yes, please make sure that you follow the guidelines that is set for us by the government to make sure that we're safe from the virus. But don't forget to take care of your spirit too. Don't forget to take care of your mind. We have to stay positive during this time as much as possible. And we can do that even in benzo withdrawal. We can do that. So please laugh. Every time you get the opportunity, laugh as much as you can. So it is 5 a.m. on Tuesday morning. Happy St. Patty's Day. I know it doesn't feel like it for many of us, does it? I got a feeling a lot of the bars around the world are going to be awfully quiet tonight. But hopefully we can all celebrate with those we love. This is an odd episode of the podcast, I know. I think because these are odd times and... I am in a very odd state of mind, I'm sure. I may have mentioned earlier that I don't know what to think or where to be or or how to how to look at this. Everybody seems to have different opinions of what this is. For my wife and I, I think we've just tried to take a calm but careful approach. Maybe that's the way I look at it. Calm and careful. You know, don't overreact because that's not helping anyone, but also to follow the instructions given to us. Here in Colorado, just last night, our governor launched the Doing My Part CO, CO standing for Colorado, but Doing My Part CO hashtag for social media. Now, I'm not on Twitter or most social media, so I can't exactly you know, share what I'm doing or learn from other ones via that right now. But, but I think it's a great message. Doing your part to help stop the spread. One of the things that I think is most important, especially for those of us who are younger, I say those of us as if I'm younger, but I'm middle-aged, so I'm going to put myself in that category temporarily. But mostly for those of us who are more healthy, is to remember that Doing our part to stop spreading this is not so much for us as it is for those who can't handle it. That's why we're doing this. That's why we're limiting our social contacts. That's why we're keeping distance. That's why we're staying at home. For most people who are healthy, especially the younger people, this is a mild flu. But for those with deficient immune systems, serious health conditions, and the elderly. This can be a very difficult virus to fight. We're doing this for them. That's why we're keeping our distance. That's why we're taking certain precautions. It is a true opportunity to be selfless, to think of others. If we can slow the spread of this virus throughout the world long enough, to get more testing out there, to beef up our medical facilities, and to possibly even create a vaccine, then we can manage this, get through it, 
and come out healthier and stronger on the other side. But it's going to take time. And there's going to be hardships during that time. So I would just like to remind everyone from all parts of the world to please follow the guidelines of your government, of your medical leaders. And for those of you who are younger and healthier, do that for others. I have a feeling I'm not the only person in this world who's wide awake right now and having a little trouble sleeping. <laughs> for many of you with dependence and withdrawal, that's been the state of affairs for a while now. The good news is, is within every hardship that we face in our lives, there is always that silver lining. There is always positives. I've talked about some of these from Benzo Withdrawal with you time over time. While I would never go through the experience again, I have come out the other side better, more resilient, and more positive about life. And those have been some great gains for me. In fact, I dare say my experience with benzo withdrawal has made me stronger and better prepared to handle this situation. Unfortunately, for those of you still in the middle of withdrawal, that is most likely not your circumstances. And I wish I could help more there. Every challenge that is given to us in this life comes with lessons, comes with opportunities. And this one's no different. Many people often complain that they don't have much time to spend with their families, with their loved ones. Work gets in the way, life gets in the way, traveling gets in the way, so many other things get in the way. Well, for many of us right now, those other things are not quite so big anymore. Traveling's been seriously curtailed. Some of us can no longer go to our jobs. Many are working remotely. And we are limited now in the activities we can do outside the home. And thus we have time to spend with our loved ones. This is an opportunity. An opportunity to grow those relationships. To, to spend valuable time with your close family and close friends. And it's so easy to spend that time online. Reaching out to other people. And thank God we have that. Thank God we have that technology, for it does help us to feel a little less isolated. Chatting with friends, FaceTiming with relatives, this technology allows us to still feel somewhat closer to the people that we can't reach out and touch at this time. But for those of you who are writing this out with friends or family, this is the perfect opportunity to grow those relationships and to enjoy the company of the people who have been right by your side all along. As I started these recordings yesterday, I kept fighting with myself. It's like, do I just try to do a normal podcast and stick with that so that people have a distraction, something to fall back on and something to stick to? And that still may have been the better, the better option, I don't know. Or do I share my feelings, even my fears with you, so that we get more connected? But then again, is that more depressing and that's probably not going to help you during this time or do I just do one with a lot of positive anecdotes and just be happy and 
and come across with this Pollyanna attitude that, hey, life's grand, let's just keep going forward. And like with most things in this podcast, I just had to fall back and be me. I think that's what's worked in the past, and I don't know if it's going to work today or not, but that's what I decided upon. So instead of having the script, I decided to grab the recorder and just start talking. Please don't isolate yourself, even if you are alone during this. Reach out and connect with someone. Even if you don't have any close friends or family right now, then reach out to a neighbor who you can help ride this out with. But even if you are alone, maybe this is the perfect opportunity for you. This is a great time to learn a language. While many of us are able to still work at home, like I am because I do that anyway, for others, you have some free time on your hands. Just as we've talked about with Benzo Withdrawal, this is a perfect opportunity to grow. Learn a new language. What a great time to learn a new language. There's a lot of online apps. There's a lot of different places you can download information where you can learn to speak a new language. What about that musical instrument that's sitting in the corner? My God, I haven't played my drum set in weeks. What a perfect time for me to go down and play that and get my, my chops back up and get some exercise. Perfect time to pull those board games out of the closet or basement or attic where they've been sitting gathering dust for the past years and play a game with someone. It's the perfect time to take walks. I know in some places we are restricted um, within our homes, but if that's not the case, then take walks. Just keep six feet distance or whatever has been instructed by your local government from other people. But get out and walk. Get out and breathe the fresh air. It's the perfect time to do those things around your home that you've been wanting to do. Clean out the garage, vacuum the house, spring cleaning, rearrange the cabinets in the kitchen. Repair that sweater or those socks that have been bugging you for so long. Build that shoe shelf you've been wanting so long for the closet. Or replace the grout in the shower. This is a great time to do those projects. We have the gift of time right now. Many of us do. Some may not. And many of you are still out there working. As we talked about earlier, keeping those services going, keeping the essential services running for us. And that is so important. Thank you. But for those of us who are at home, who may not have as much work to do at home, this is the perfect time to spend doing those other things you've been wanting to do. What I'm trying to say is, I think it's equally as important here as it was in Benzo Withdrawal to do one thing, and that is keep busy. Find things to do to keep busy. Work is a blessing. If you can still work, keep working. If not, find a project. Spend time with your family. Play a game of indoor catch with Janie or Johnny. Find some activities, but, but I beg of you, don't just sit watching your news feed on your phone or watching 24-hour news on television. We can make better use of this time. We will get through this. And when we do, wouldn't it be nice if you have accomplished something in the meantime? As many of you know, I'm a fan of meditation. 
I realize different techniques and different tools work for different people, but I can share with you some of the ones that have worked for me. Meditation was a cornerstone of my recovery from benzo withdrawal, as it has been for many others that I've spoken with. If you thought about starting meditation, giving it a shot and seeing if maybe it might be able to help you, or even returning to the practice because you've let it go for a little bit like I have now and then. Perhaps there is never a better time than now. Take the free time you have at home if you have extra time now. and Perhaps spend a little time meditating. As we do with most episodes of this podcast, we will close out with a meditation at the end in our Moment of Peace section. That's a good place to start if you're looking for some basic instruction. One of the key hurdles for most people in meditating is finding the time to do so. I found a trick that really helps me with this. And I can't take credit for it came from one of my counselors. I think I've shared this with you before on the podcast, but I think it's a good reminder. When I told her one time in a session that I just didn't have 15 to 30 minutes a day to dedicate to meditation, and that it was very hard for me to find the time or make the time, she told me don't focus on 15 minutes, or even 10. Start with 5. Just 5 minutes. Any of us can find five minutes to meditate each day. In fact, this is one of the principles that led me to create the moment of peace, which is just based on one minute of meditation. One of the great benefits about carving out five minutes a day for meditation is that it's easy to do. We can always find five minutes but even more so, that it rarely is limited to just five minutes. Once we cut out the time, sit down, close our eyes, and start our meditation process, it is quite easy to extend that five minutes into 10, 15, even 30. The hardest part for most of us in starting any new habit is getting started, is actually sitting down and starting the practice. If you're curious about meditation or would like to return to meditation, try to find just five minutes today for yourself to spend on this practice. Do that each day for the next week or so and see how you feel at the end of that time. It just might become a new habit. Now, before we close out, I do want to talk about some changes with Benzo Free and the podcast. And some of these are significant. I was planning on making this change not for another month or so, but with all the things going on right now, it just felt like it's better now than later. Unfortunately, a viral epidemic will without a doubt trigger an anxiety epidemic, which is already here for so many of us. 
and not just for those of us in benzoyl withdrawal, but for everyone worldwide. Thus, I think this is the perfect time for calming messages and information on tools to help manage anxiety and fear. Since much of what we do here is focused on managing anxiety, I felt now is a great time to make our message more accessible to the general public. Now, I've tried to write this into the script a dozen different ways, but I, I kept fumbling my words and it just didn't sound right. The, the truth is, I kept trying to make it sound better and more palatable, even to sell it better. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm actually excited about these changes that are being made, but I'm not sure how you're going to feel about them. And thus, I kept trying to rewrite it and make it work. But in the end, I remembered one of the foundations of this podcast, and that was that I promised to be honest with you. And that's what I fell back on. So instead of the next two pages of descriptions of the reasons behind why I'm doing what I'm doing here, I'm going to summarize this into three really short points. <laughs> and I'm just going to wing this. One is the Pencil Free podcast and emails and everything tied with it keep me very busy. So busy that I'm not always taking care of myself or spending time that I should be with my wife or, or doing other things that I would like to be focused on. Two, I'm always looking for ways to help make what we do here financially stable. And three, I am really excited about new ideas we have for what we're doing here, but I need time to implement them. There, I just summarized two pages of script <laughs> into about 15 seconds. So without further ado, let's talk about these changes. We are splitting our podcast content in two. Two channels, two subjects, two mediums, but working together as sister productions. Let's start with the podcast. This will remain the Benzo Free Podcast. Content will stay mostly the same, but perhaps with a little less focus on fear and anxiety. You'll understand why in a bit. The only change here will be the scheduling. Starting today, instead of a new episode being released every week, we will now release our scheduled episodes twice a month. On the 1st and 15th, thus the next scheduled episode to be released for the Benzo Free Podcast will be April 1st. Now, this change doesn't mean that there will only be two episodes every month. Some months, yes, that will be the case, but we will also have some special episodes to be released, including a roundtable that I've been working on developing for a couple months now. This change to our schedule for the podcast will free up some more time so I can update the website, write a few more blog posts, I hope, and get a few people who have recently volunteered to help out up to speed. But that's just half the story. Remember how I said I was splitting this in two? Let's talk about the other side of the split. This is going to be a new channel and a new medium for us. In a very short time, we will be announcing the launch of our new YouTube channel. It will be dedicated to those who suffer from chronic anxiety. Yes, that includes most of you. And me too. Even if we weren't anxious before these drugs, we probably are now. I don't want to announce the name of it quite yet, but it will cover much of the same content about anxiety, including the tools we need to help manage it, that we have been talking about on the podcast for the past year. 
And of course, since it's YouTube, it will have video content too. No, these will not be fast-paced, hyperactive productions. Quite the opposite. Our anxiety videos will follow the same pace and presentation style as the podcast. Slow, informative, and designed to help you relax. Now, much like the beginning days of the podcast, it may be rough at first. Probably very rough. I, maybe even extremely rough, but, but that's okay. Like I said in a previous episode, I'm okay with making mistakes. Now, I haven't produced professional video content in several years. Uh, it was my degree in college, film and video production, and I worked in the industry for a while, but I'm pretty rusty. Have I sold you on this concept yet? <laughs> Sales were never my expertise, nor was marketing, as you may be able to tell. But just like with the podcast, I promise you it'll get better as we go along. Now, why YouTube, you ask? Well, First off, to increase our audience. As many of you know, we don't have a social media presence to speak of. Mostly by intent, but this means that most people find us by word of mouth or occasionally via a web search. And that means that our audience doesn't grow very quickly, if at all, as in the past month or two. If we want to survive, we need to increase our audience. It's just the reality of online life. YouTube is the second most searched database in the world. Now, that means we have a lot of content to compete with, including other channels with benzodiazepine content from people that I've been working with off and on. But, but it also means that there's a lot of potential and a lot of people who might be interested in our content on anxiety, including many people who have never heard of benzodependence and withdrawal, but who may suffer from anxiety and may already be taking these pills or maybe prescribe them in the near future. If we want to reach the people who suffer from anxiety and who are at risk from anti-anxiety drug dependence, then we have to go where they are. And since our new YouTube channel will be a sister production of the Benzo Free Podcast, as we gain a new audience in the general public, we can also help educate them on Benzos now and then and refer them to the website and podcast for more info. And that's one of the reasons I feel now is the time to make this change. As one of our listeners just reminded me of yesterday, more virus means more anxiety, which means more people asking for a pill to help them get through. If we can do even the slightest thing to help prevent an influx of dependence from this situation, then that's what we should be doing. I realize it will take us a long time to build any audience to speak of on YouTube, but I doubt there will be a better time to start than now. Now, some of you may be saying, damn, D has gone crazy, <laughs> and you may be right. And this may end in disaster, and in a few months we may decide to return to our previous format, and I am okay with that but I'll never know if something's going to work if I don't try. To keep benzo-free going and growing and to find a way to try to make it financially stable, we're going to have to try something new. I've been working on these changes for a few months now, 
the recent virus outbreak just moved up our timeline a bit. I am truly excited about this direction and where it might take us, but please, don't worry. The Benzo Free Podcast isn't going anywhere. I just need to slow down its pace for a bit. Hopefully, the YouTube channel will help make up for that gap, help us continue to grow, and find many others who are struggling with anxiety out there who need help. I promise that when I launch that channel, those of you subscribing to our mailing list will be the first to know. Just be kind, though, in any feedback. It may be a bit rough at first. Okay. I hope that came across okay. <laughs> I'm a little nervous about it, as you can tell. But thanks for listening, as always. And I hope you understand the need for these changes. Let, let me know what you think. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered medical advice in any way. The host of this podcast is not a medical professional, nor is he engaged in rendering medical health or psychological advice nor any other kind of personal or professional services. The views and opinions expressed by our listeners and interview guests on this podcast, whether read from textual submissions or presented in their own voice, do not necessarily reflect those of the Benzofree podcast or of its host. Withdrawal tapering or any other change in dosage of benzodiazepines, non-benzodiazepines, or any other prescription drugs should only be done under the direct supervision of a licensed physician. Our full disclaimer can be viewed on our website at benzofree.org disclaimer. Let's close now with our moment of peace. It's just one minute. And it's a chance to quiet your mind a bit before you return to the chaos of the real world. Please remember that you should only do this if you are in a safe place where you can close your eyes, relax, and let the world pass by without you for a minute. Today's mantra is quite simple. Everything is okay. I realize that may be a difficult concept to grasp at times like these, but, but it's important to remember and to pull yourself out of the chaos for a while and allow your body and mind to relax. Close your eyes and relax. Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second and let it out slowly. Let's do that again. Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second. And let it out slowly along with all the stress of the day. One more time. Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second, and then let it out slowly, relaxing your entire body. Now just breathe slowly and naturally 
and repeat to yourself your mantra. Everything is okay. If your mind wanders, just gently bring it back to the mantra. No judgment at all. Let's do this for one minute. Our next episode is episode 62, and it will be released on April 1st. Thank you again for joining me today, and please let us know how we did. Keep calm. Taper slowly. And take care of yourself. I'll see you next time.